well, this morning I want to take some time to, uh, to just talk a little bit about uh, Lakeview Life Groups. You may have heard um, about them. Uh, we're getting ready to launch our fall semester of Life Groups in just a few weeks. Um, I am hoping, I'm praying that, that many of you would maybe jump in and, and join a group for the first time. Uh, you can sign up. The registration starts today. There's different ways to do that. But I do, uh, I do want to just, uh, just, just kind of lay out what these actually are and what they're about because our life groups are a core part of kind of how we go about doing church here at Lakeview. We've been running groups uh, for well over a decade this way and and many of you here this morning, you've been a part of a group for a while, and you know the dynamics of what goes into it, how they run. But we also have many new people uh, around here over the past several months. And, and maybe you're wondering, I've heard about life groups. What, what is this all about? You know, what, 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 what are they running and what are they doing? Uh, so, so if that's a, a question you may have in your mind, I'm glad you asked because we're going to answer that this morning. Uh, maybe you might be interested, but you're not quite sure, what, what am I getting myself into, you know? Uh, maybe you've been a part of a church in the past, you were part of a group in the past, and it didn't go so well. And you don't want to repeat that, right? Um, you know, sometimes uh, you get like a freaky leader, or you get someone who just wants to pry a little bit too much, or sometimes you get the desperate guy who's like just looking for a date and, you know, kind of just goes to the group uh, on the prowl. Um, so I understand that. Uh, so we're going to take a little bit of time, walk through what are life groups, how do they work, and what are some of the dynamics. So, so just to start out, our life groups are basically they're small groups of people. Typically, about 6 to 12 people meet on a weekly basis in different locations Typically, it's in someone's living room, um, and they meet for about an hour and a half, and they run seasonally. So, so our fall season is going to start the first week of October. It's going to run about 10 weeks, and so that will take us to right about after Thanksgiving. And then we take a break for the holidays because people's calendars tend to get really busy and fill up. And then, and then after Christmas, after the new year in January, we'll start up a winter semester and do that again. We take a break right around Easter, and then we run it one more time for the spring. So that's basically what our life groups are. But the second question, you know, the second issue would be why? What is the reason for gathering in groups and meeting together? And so um, our kind of definition of, of what we are doing in life groups, that they're designed to, to develop God-centered relationships that are based around the, the study of God's word, uh, centered around God's word. And, and the way that we, we, we talk about them a lot here at Lakeview is that uh, they're a springboard for, for doing life together. That phrase, doing life together, is one that you hear a lot uh, here at Lakeview because the reality is God has designed us. We are created to, to live with others, to be in relationship, to be connected. And so from a biblical basis, we can go all the way back to the very beginning, to Genesis chapter 1. In verse 27, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so we, we, we see here that we are created in the image of God. And then we also understand that our God is a relational God. 
that, that even before he ever created humanity, right, he existed, God existed in this perfect relationship, this perfect relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is what we call the Trinity. And so us being made, created in the image of this God who was created, who, who exists in, in relationship we're also created for that connection, to, to be in relationship with others. You, you know that a perfectly healthy newborn baby uh, left in the hospital, even though it's well-fed, uh, but without human touch, that, that baby will die. It needs that interaction. You know, um, Over the course of, of the isolation that we've experienced over the past year and a half or so, man, there has been so much unrest and, and I would say that much of that is, is a result of just being disconnected for too long. You know, Genesis, and Genesis, even before the fall, even before things went sideways, you know, God's creating everything. He says, created this, it's good, created this, it's good, created this, it's good. And then he gets to man and says, something's not good here. It's, it's not good for man to be alone. And so that, uh, that was the start of, of, of relationship because we're created for connection, uh, not only to God, right? That's, that's an important aspect, a vital aspect, this vertical relationship, but also to others in our horizontal relationships. So the first byproduct of, 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 of the fall after, after sin entered into our world in the garden was isolation, right? So all of a sudden, Adam and Eve start hiding. They're hiding from each other, and they're hiding from God, and that's kind of the effect of sin. It causes isolation. And so it, it kind of makes sense, if you think about it, that relationships and connection would be a big part of, of, of God's redeemed community, this thing that we call church, right? So that's why when, when you look at the Bible, um, you see that there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian, right? Um, it's just me and God, and, you know, I really just need to separate from myself, from every, all the other people, and just make it about me and God. That's, that's not something you find in, in the Bible. And so, um, you know, those of you who know me know that I love 80s music, and so I'm thinking, okay, if we're picking an 80s song for what the Christian life is like, you don't want to pick just the two of us. I think that was Grover Washington, Jr., you want to pick We Are Family. And I don't remember who sings that one, but uh, that's, that's more of, of what it's like. Um, to use another analogy, there's no such thing as a football player who isn't a part of a team, right? You can't say, I love football and I'm a serious football player if you're not connected to a team. Same thing with, with faith, following Jesus always connects us to community. It connects us to others. And, and God uses that connection to build us up in ways that just can't happen when we're out on our own. Uh, example, like, you know, did you ever try to be patient without someone there, right? You don't just become patient uh, on your own. Patience is something that God grows in us when. When does it happen? It happens when we've got to be patient with someone who's trying our patience, right? 
It requires relationship. It requires community. Forgiveness works the same way. Forgiveness is a big part of what the Christian life is all about. When do we learn about forgiveness? After we've been wronged. When we need to extend forgiveness, not just to anyone, but to a particular person who we're in relationship with. Here's the thing. So much of what God desires to build up in our lives that makes us more like Jesus, it happens in the context of doing life together, of being connected. So if that's the reality, um, there's another aspect to it is that it's that relationships take time, that there's an investment to that. Um, And finding time in the world that we live in, in the society, in the way that our schedules are, that's like the biggest challenge. Do you know that the older we get, the statistics say it, it's, the, it's, it's less likely that we are to have actual friends, right? Instead of having friends, we, we sort of settle for acquaintances. And, and we've, we've got people who we're friendly with that maybe we shoot the breeze with and talk about different things, but we don't actually open up our lives to each other and interact with and in meaningful ways. That's sort of the trajectory of our culture. Um, And so that's one of the reasons why we put this structure in place, why we have life groups, not not just to fill up another night on your weekly calendar with another activity to intend, but, but because we recognize we all need to be connected. We need to be intentional about cultivating that, that community connection with others. And, and the reality is that that just can't happen. It can't all happen on a Sunday morning. You know, sometimes we're like, all right, I want to get everything I need in a Sunday morning. You know, our gathered time of worship here is great. Oh, I love it. We get, to, we get to come together. We get to worship God. We get to learn from his word. Um, Sometimes you might have a significant connection, an opportunity on a Sunday morning, you know, after service is over and you're at the coffee and, and, and you have this great conversation. Um, that might happen, but, uh, but a lot of times it doesn't happen. And it's not because there's something wrong. It's because we only have a limited amount of time on a Sunday morning. It can't all happen on a, an hour or an hour and a half, one day a week. And so that's why we have life groups. They they, they are an investment, but what I want to say is that it's a worthwhile investment. Um, it will cost you some time. Uh, it will cost you some energy. If you have kids, like I know a lot of us do here, you may need to make arrangements and hire a babysitter. But uh, I want to tell you that it's, it's a worthwhile investment because there is a great return on investment, uh, I believe, uh, you will experience that because when these groups are running right, the truth is they become places where people grow, where, where, where you experience spiritual growth. And so uh, the hope is that men and women would, would come home and they'd be encouraged, they'd be built up, they'd be prayed for to be better husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and leaders and people in their places of work. Um, you know, people have a place to, to ask questions and work through things that may not make sense. Because, you know, this faith journey, it, it gets complicated sometimes. And then when we get stuck, we're not quite sure what we're going to do. Sometimes you hear something on a Sunday morning, and you're like, man, Pastor Brian said something, and I don't know what he was talking about it. Now, we don't have time here on a Sunday morning where you can just raise your hand and say, excuse me, Pastor, 
Can you go over that again? Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> but do do that at your life group, right? That's, that's what happens every week. One of the first questions that is asked is, was there anything about what you heard or read that doesn't make sense, that confused you? And, uh, and that's a great thing. It's a necessary thing. That's what it takes up to, to build up an authentic faith. In addition to that, you know, we all, at moments, will get stuck, spiritually stuck in our walk with the Lord. Life groups are a venue, a place to help get people unstuck. You know, maybe you're stuck because, you know, I'm just angry. Or I'm just bitter with this person or with something. And, and some, I'm having a really hard time forgiving someone. And I've got this... I've got this burden that I've been carrying around for so long. Life groups can become a place, a safe place to unpack that baggage and and some of that messiness that comes with life and we can find support, we can find encouragement and that's just just necessary. Uh, In addition, life groups are a place to be challenged. Um, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Right? So when we're left on our own, we get dull. When we're left on our own, we get lazy. Uh, we stop taking steps forward in spiritual growth. When we're left on our own, we tend to surround ourselves with cheerleaders. Right? I want people who agree with me. I don't want people who challenge me. Now, we need cheerleaders. Cheering is great. But we also need challenge leaders, right? We need people who, who are willing to speak truth in love into our lives because without that, we don't grow. Um, and so these groups become a place that open us up to, ex- to be able to experience both grace and truth, um, that loving accountability that all of us need. So I hope you can see a little bit of that's the potential return on investment, uh, that it's not just about, okay, I got to do my duty, go to this other meeting. Um, life groups, the way we look at them, it's, it's not the end of, you know, that's not the goal is just to go to a life group. The goal is to grow as a follower of Christ. And, and life groups are just the mechanism, the structure in place to help facilitate that. So, so that's a little bit of the reason why and what we try to uh, accomplish with that. When it comes to the model, uh, the model for life groups, it, it's something that's taken right directly from the Bible. Uh, the, the clearest example um, comes from Jesus uh, when, when he formed basically a small group with, uh, with the 12 disciples, right? He called them to him. Uh, the invitation was to learn how to do life with Jesus, from Jesus, and that was an invitation to relationship. And, and then those disciples went on and they started the church. Uh, the book of Acts tells the whole story of how the church started uh, right after Jesus' resurrection. It's this amazing account, uh, but it shows that, that as people came to faith in Jesus, they formed this amazing new community. It's described in in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Here's what it says. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Uh, in, in that first verse in Acts 2.42, it kind of unpacks some some keys to community, some keys to Christian or new community. Uh, the first thing that it says there is that these first followers, they devoted themselves. Uh, there was this commitment that was involved, this intentionality to it. And so what they were doing wasn't going to just be subject to, okay, well, you know, I kind of had a rough day. Um, I'm tired out or, you know, the weather's not good outside, so I'm going to just, uh, I'm just going to bail you know, de- devotion. Devotion, by definition, means that this is something that we're building our lives around. Uh, now, now, that may sound kind of extreme to you, uh, but I want to say it's really not. Um, all of us are devoted. The only question is, what are we devoted to? So I remember way back uh, towards the beginning of American Idol, one of the early uh, winners of that show was this guy named Ruben. And, and he was doing this live concert in New York City, outdoor concert. It was going to be broadcast on one of the morning talk shows. And it just so happened that the day of his concert, it was just a torrential downpour that morning in New York City. And, I mean, it was raining buckets. But you look at the TV, and guess what? Not, not only did the show go on, but there in the middle of this torrential downpour, soaked from head to toe, were thousands of fans. They were fully devoted to seeing that show. The point being that we are all fully committed. The only question is, what are we fully committed to? And the challenge is to ask ourselves, what am I devoted to? And and do my priorities for my life align with God's priorities for my life? I'll tell you, the truth is, you know, we've had... All of our kids uh, signed up in different athletic activities and things like that. And, and most of those teams require more commitment than most churches. It's, it's true. I'm not kidding about that. And I think there may be something really wrong about that. Here's the truth. We become what we are continually committed to. That's devotion. Spiritual growth is a long obedience in the same direction. So that's the first key is, uh, is devotion. The second key is the apostles' teaching. That's the teaching that's been handed, us, uh, handed to us today in the form of this Bible. Um, the sword of the Spirit is what it's called. It's what the Holy Spirit uses to bring transformation into our lives. Hebrews 4.12 says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword that it penetrates down to the depths of our being And life change, we understand, lasting life change, it's the outcome of digging deep into God's word. Um, What we don't do here at Lakeview is we don't try to make some kind of false dichotomy between, you know, between the the, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures. We want to make much of both. It's a both and. uh, A lot of times I hear it's like it's either, well, this church is you know, about the Spirit, and this church is about the Word, and now it's got to be a both end. Um, so what we do here is uh, our life groups are sermon-based. 
that means that uh, the sermon on Sunday becomes the springboard for the discussion or during the week at the life group. The focus then can be on understanding and application because I've already dealt with, you know, hopefully the uh, interpretation and what it means. And we can just wrestle through in our groups, how do, we, how do we live this out? Maybe, did you get one of these this morning on your way in? This is the intersect, it's called. And so, um, and so we have fill-ins on here for those who like fill-ins. Uh, and there's be an outline each week. And, um, and there's also, after that, different questions that you can uh, talk through um, in your life groups and, uh, and work through those with a focus on, on application. So this fall, um, we're going to go through the Gospel of Mark. And uh, really excited. It's actually going to last a while because there's just a lot of stuff in that book. Uh, but it's, it's all about who Jesus is, why he came, and what he wants from our lives. And, uh, and, and by focusing on application at our life groups, you know what it does? It takes a lot of pressure off the leaders because they don't have to like prepare this huge Bible study every week because I'll have already worked through all those kind of things. And, and, and the group can wrestle through these two things. What are you confused about? Is there something that didn't make sense? Uh, you know, and that happens even though I try to be as clear as I can be sometimes. What was Brian talking about? Um, life groups are a place to you know, clear up some confusion. And the second is to just dig into the application. Um, so I will say this is uh, please don't dig into the pastor uh, during your life group and turn your, your, your life group into the sermon critiquing session. Not because I won't give you plenty of material. I'm sure I will. I always do. Uh, but because that's just not the point. The point is to take what we're learning and wrestle through how do we put this into practice? What does this look like, not just on Sunday, but on Monday, you know, when I'm back in school, back at work, dealing with the family? Here's the truth. Listening to sermons is great, but it's not enough. No matter how good they are, sermons alone don't change people. Uh, James 1.22 says, don't only listen to the world and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. And so the truth is that for many of us, the challenge is probably not that we don't know enough. You know, this is a very common thing. If you're new to faith, you're new to church, I, oh, I need to know more of the Bible. It's a great thing. Um, but the bigger challenge is that we know more than we do, right? It's not that we don't know enough. It's that we don't do enough. There's a gap in many of our lives between what we know is to be true in our heads and what we have yet to to actually put into practice and live out in our lives. And so life groups, are, they're a place to help us kind of bridge that gap and narrow that gap. Um, and so that's, uh, that's how we do that. Uh, a third key uh, to community here is, is fellowship. Uh, it says, uh, you know, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. That simply means that in the early church, they were involved in each other's lives. They were connected. They weren't just islands unto themselves. They were engaged. They were doing life together. And, and life groups help form bonds between people. See, 
we can't have deep bonds with everyone at a church our size, right? Because you can only have a few, um, or we all have limits. We have lids on how many people we can connect with. Um, but we can connect with some people. We can forge deep bonds with a few people. And, and that means celebrating the good things that are going on in each other's lives. It means being there through the hard times that we go through, coming alongside each other, and, and almost like becoming an extended spiritual family, right? And we've seen that. That's uh, it's one of the most beautiful things here at this church, is seeing that happen in so many wonderful ways. It also talks about the breaking of bread. That, that means in the early church, when they met together, uh, they ate together. Amen, right? Anyone? Do you like that? Yeah, there's nothing like sharing some food together. It paves the way for relationships to grow. There's something about that, right? Food is a pretty critical part of almost all of our life groups. I'm only going to say the only one it's not is the virtual life groups that we have. Um, and so, uh, but I'm sure they figure out how to do that too. So when you're in a life group, you know, there's like an opportunity. Bake some banana bread, bring it with you, you know, share it. Uh, it's good stuff, and it's biblical, so uh, we can eat. Um, finally, it says uh, they prayed. They prayed. Prayer was a priority in the early church, not only when they met corporately together, but also, it says, when they gathered in each other's homes as well. You know, here at Lakeview, we don't have a weekly corporate prayer meeting. I know some churches have that structure in place, and, and, and it's not that one is right and one is wrong, but, but our approach is to have a lot of prayer services going on in different living rooms throughout the region. And so every group, every week, our groups, they, they make time to pray together. You know, sometimes it's more time, sometimes it's less time, but we pray for God to do what only he can do in our lives. And I always want to bring the challenge back um, as our groups are launching soon uh, to direct your prayers in your groups to the things that you're wrestling through, the things that the Holy Spirit is bringing to the surface in your life, uh, even in the group time. And so don't just pray for, you know, your Aunt Millie's big toe bunions and stuff like that. You know, I know there's a time and a place for that, but also make sure that you're praying for what God is doing, what he's bringing, you know, about in your life and, and what the Holy Spirit is teaching and what you're learning and challenging to put into practice. So, okay, so that's the framework uh, for our life groups. It's, draw, it's drawn directly from scripture. It follows the model of the early church in practical terms, um, each meeting will typically last about an hour and a half. And so if we were to walk through a night, um, you know, if you were to show up at a life group, you're going to arrive and there's probably going to be a time, 15, 20 minutes, where people just kind of hang out around a table, eat some food together, um, talk, catch up. Um, and then uh, they'll have a time of, you know, going through the, uh, the passage, working through the uh, discussion questions, and then, um, and then a time of prayer together, and, uh, and then that'll be it. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the format. Um, each group will be at a sort of a different level of, um, you know, kind of how deep they go, because you don't show up with people you just met and be like, okay, now share your 
biggest burden, and some, some people will do that. They'll go deep really quick, but a lot of times it's just like, yeah, I just want to get to know you and get to know me. Let's, let's, let's kind of work through, you know, our relationship. And then, you know, in an atmosphere of trust and love, there's this safety to be able to kind of just like, yeah, you know what? This is a safe place to talk, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of bring the conversation to a deeper level. So lastly, let me just say this. How do you make it count if you are a part of a life group, if you're planning to be a part of a life group? How does this ministry kind of thrive? I want to just say a few things. Uh, The first is to um, arrive at your group with expectation. Um, You know, not out of just duty, but out of desire. You know, there's an expectation. God's God's going to do something. You know, this is, this is important. We are made to be together. And that goes to number two is, is to remember that you need other people. We need reminders of this. One of, the, one of the biggest lies that we fight on an ongoing basis is the lie of independence. It's the lie that, yep, I'm good. I got this. Don't need any help. We, we need every week this remembrance that, no, I need people. I need people to speak into my life. I need, I need the ministry that comes that the Holy Spirit works through someone else to bless me, to build me up. And on the other side, there's also an opportunity because there's someone else who needs you in the ministry that, that, that God would work through you to build someone else up. Um, the third thing is to, to care deeply. You know, we just, we come alongside each other. We, we carry each other's burdens. We're there for each other. Um, next one is make it a priority. You know, there's, there's always nights when it's just not feeling it, right? You know, sometimes there's a season just not feeling it. And you know what helps is just to be like, the decision's already made. You know, I'm not going back and renegotiating this, uh, there have been nights, I will tell you, that, uh, you know, I've just gone to group out of just sheer obedience, and it's, it's so funny that more times than not, it's those nights that you don't want to go. That's when you really need to go, and they end up being some of the best times. Um, um, and, uh, you know, there is, uh, there is this spiritual component to this, that uh, there is an enemy that, that wants to keep us separated, He's done a pretty good job over the past year and a half of just building separation. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm just going to stay home and veg out on YouTube, you know. Um, but, uh, but, but make it a priority. Um, next one is participate but don't dominate. Um, this is just one of those group dynamics 101. Some people will be like, oh, I am so excited to have found this community and these people to talk to. And now I'm going to just hit the on button and just talk, 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 talk. And it's exciting because it's new. Um, But, uh, you know, we also want to be aware that, uh, you know, we want everyone in the group to to, to talk. And, And on the other side of that is don't feel like, oh, man, I don't know if I say this, is, is it going to be right? Am I going to be wrong? Am I gonna, are they going to think I'm stupid? You know, those kind of things go through our minds all the time, right? Um, but uh, all that stuff is just, no, the only, the only thing is, you know, the only dumb question is the one that we don't ask, you know? And so there's just a, 
a great opportunity to participate, and, and hopefully you'll, you'll receive affirmation, and the, the, the Lord uses that. Last one is uh, keep it real. Uh, keep it real. That, that life groups are not about, you know, they're not about trying to impress each other. Sometimes we can go that, you know, we can hit the impressed mode. Um, by the way, pastors are not exempt from that. If you were to go to the pastor's networking places, you know, it's just small groups of pastors sitting down and, oh man, it becomes this show. Like, oh wow, here's how many people, this is what we got going on. And I'm like, all right, thank you. Appreciate that. Good. Um, we all want to impress each other. Um, and that's not the point. You know, the point is that uh, we are building relationships with each other. We are going to go, you know, levels of, of, of meaningfulness in that relationship as we feel safe, as we feel comfortable. Um, but, uh, you know, if we keep it real, it's understanding that, uh, you know, the struggles that I have are probably going to be very similar to the struggles that you have. That's what we find. The lie is that I am the only one who on the face of the planet, you know, in throughout all the world history, no one else has dealt with this. I'm the only one. Not true. We're all dealing with things. We're all struggling through things. And, uh, and so we have this incredible privilege, this opportunity to just come alongside each other, to understand each other. And so we don't try to just answer with like, you know, the cliche, you know, answer the, you know, this is the right Bible answer that sounds really good, but doesn't really relate to real life. Um, and uh, keeping it real sometimes is just, okay, Lord, I'm driving to my group and let me just pray. Let me just ask you, help me, you know, help me have your heart uh, as I enter into this time. So those are just a few things how to, how to make it count. I hope this is just a helpful primer, you know, on understanding some of the, the things that we do, the way that we do it, and, and the reasons that we do it. So I would tell you that this, uh, this life group ministry um, is hands down this is, the, this is the main thing. This is the, the most important ministry of Lakeview Community Church. I could tell you, uh, people here could tell you just stories that have come out of that by putting just a focus and attention on that. Um, and, and you know what? The last thing I'll just say is this. Don't we need it? You know, um, now more than ever, um, you know, we, we, we need to be connected. Um, Alone is a dangerous place to be spiritually. And we need to recognize that. Alone is a dangerous place to be. And many of us, too many of us, have spent too much time just, you know, hands off, distanced, removed from that fellowship. And so I would just challenge you. I would invite you. I would encourage you to, to, to take a step. So we do have... Uh, Sign-up forms outside on the table if you didn't get one on your way in. There's a list of different groups that are going on. They're starting in October. So we've got the registration starting now up until then. So it gives you a little bit of time to check out the nights, to check out the towns. We do have one group that will be meeting virtually, so there's hopefully a lot of options. And we're also trying to do this in a way that gives us a lot of um, pivoting potential because we're in a new place here. We've got new... Uh, new people, and, and we're trying to just, all right, how do we connect this all together? And flexibility just seems to be a big 
way of just the stage that we're in. It's not my favorite place to be, but flexible just, is, just keeps on coming back to that, um, which means that, you know, we may have groups that are going to need to split and multiply quickly, or we may have groups that are going to need to combine together uh, quickly. So we're just trying to remain ready uh, to see how, how this, this next season goes, and really exciting. So let's pray together. 